So this is today. Today is yesterday and tomorrow is also today. You traveled through time to the present. Yes. Yeah, I don't think you get how time travel works. It's like we're stuck. You know, like a, like a needle on a scratch record. I wake up every day right here, right in Punxsutawney, and it's always February 2nd. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. It's a thing where the same day keeps happening. Time. in a damn time loop or something well it's groundhog day again and that must mean that i'm professor robert eg black and i'm here with james anderson of she's all that minute we're here to discuss groundhog day hey thanks for having me again yeah still (laughs) always for me forever 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 yeah welcome (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to talk. I'm really excited to talk about this movie. This is a classic movie. Yeah. So same as yesterday. When's the first time you saw this movie? Uh, if you know. As, yeah. I know that my dad and stepmom had it on video and it and Clueless were just like, <laughs> it was in and rewind and play again to the point where my dad and stepmom would just go do other stuff while I watched this movie and Clueless and maybe like one other movie over and over and over again. This movie is just, it's just a classic. It's, you know, this and Sister Act and just all these things of my childhood. Bill Murray, you know, What About Bob? Just also, there's like, yeah. uh, just a, uh, yeah. Anyway, this movie is, is my childhood. I worked in the theater when Clueless was out and I could like look at a clock and tell you what scene was on and walk in and be that scene. <laughs> you had to memorize schedules yeah. and know when movies were ending, <laughs> how long the credits were. Now I'm back to obsessing again in a different way. About- <laughs> there you go. Yeah. The minutes minutes again, but a different kind of minute. Yeah. So minute nine, a couple of shots outside, but it is the Cherry Street Inn where Phil is waking up. We are now in the loop. Day one. This minute was so funny because I had to orient myself. I was like, okay, this is the first time he's heard the radio show because he's not talking about the playing yesterday's tape. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we are. Okay, like I had to like, okay, this is where you are here and not here or here or here. Yeah, I love this movie so much. (laughs) I have a problem. And as listeners know, I've seen this movie literally hundreds of times. But I quote this movie so much that yesterday I quoted this to my cat. Mm. I was about to walk outside and I'm like, is it cold out there? As I was reaching for a sweater and my cat's sitting there and I'm like, it's cold out there every day. What is this? Miami Beach? Hardly. Oh, shit. You don't know this line. (laughs) You're a cat. This is definitely a movie where it's like, I've stopped quoting this movie because not enough people in my life are able to connect with me on it. Yeah. You're God. Well, I'm a God. Yeah. Not the God. (laughs) I don't think. Yeah. (laughs) This movie is so good. And yeah, uh, believe me, it's cold out there. It's cold out there every day. What is this Miami Beach? Not hardly. It's just... It's comfort to me. And this whole DJ exchange is from the first draft of the script, too. I love it. These and like it was there the whole time. In the world of this movie, these DJs are really like I know they're morning DJs. They do they do you know pig sounds, whatever. Yeah. Their back and forth is really good. Mm-hmm. Like I put a parenthesis because I didn't know how, how, how serious we're gonna be taking this movie, which we are right in the right zone. 
I wrote the run DMC of Punk Satani because they are just going back and forth. <laughs> like they're talking a little bit over each other, but there's no part where they're like not. I mean, I know it's scripted, but like it, it, yeah. to have done podcasts and listen to this felt really like, wow, they are really good in terms of their like crosstalk and, and stuff like that. Well, we will sound just as good as this, the way I edit things. Ooh, yeah. It'll be back and forth. We will almost never speak over each other unless that's funnier. Love that. Love that. <laughs> yeah. I said, this is from the original script. I've met Richard Henzel, which is DJ one. Nice. He was very nice and heard firsthand from him about recording it. They had two sheets of dialogue and he and Rob Riley had no idea how big this was going to be in the movie. Huh. They didn't know how it fit. In the room were Harold Ramis, Danny Rubin, a couple engineers, Rob Riley, and Richard Henzel. Huh. And the first take, Richard and Rob spoke over each other, and Ramis didn't like that. Mm. He told them to remember the rules of improv, particularly never talk over each other. And they did another take. This time, they didn't speak over each other, and I'm guessing it wasn't as fun. Right. Right. Because Ramus went with the version where they're almost talking over right. each other. Yeah. And the whole process took 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah. But wait, okay. Hold on, though. I haven't opened the script. They don't get through two pages of this exchange isn't two pages long, is it? Uh, well, it started last minute and it ends in this. Oh, so two. It started uh, right at the end of previous minute. Yeah. yeah. A minute page, I guess, is. Yeah, I guess that's that's fair. It feels like just a snippet of... And probably it adds some direction for them a little bit yeah. here and there. But yeah, that's true. They basically were just reading it. Oh, so good. It took about 20 minutes. At that point, he still didn't know how important this would be. And it wasn't until the premiere screening at Piper's Alley in Chicago that he realized the DJ bit was... Do you already reference It's Wonderful Life? Yeah, the, I, there's enough fiber optic to lasso it. Oh, that was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, because... He mentioned that this was like Zuzu's Petals, and mm. I didn't get the reference. Oh. I didn't grow up with that movie. Okay. And it took me a moment to figure out what he meant. Because it's the thing. I just call that loop markers. Right. Loop markers. Yeah, yeah, Because he knows that he has. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I think I've still never actually seen It's a Wonderful Life from start to finish. I think I've seen all of it now, right. sure. but never in one sitting. Right. It's a wild one to, to, like, it's one of those things where it's like, listen, I know that on paper this movie... There's no part of it that's going to entice you to want to watch this with me. But can you, though? Because <laughs> <laughs> listen, the horrible childhood and then the suicidal thoughts and then it winds up, you know, not unhappy. So please come watch this at this happy Christmas movie with me. Nice. Yeah. Zuzu's Petals. Huh? Yeah. So we get Phil getting out of bed, walking across the room over to the little tiny bathroom, which I'll deal with the floor plan of this set later because <laughs> it's wrong <laughs> i figured out once that if you reverse this set it would fit in the attic of the building okay like someone just drew something backward at some mm -hmm. point and it just stuck with it mm. but the stairway does not make any sense even though it's really close to the stairway in the actual building huh i found a lot of detailed pictures from inside the actual building and the rooms are close yeah but not not right my stepmom and and dad were innkeepers at a bed and breakfast kind of nice. like this and yeah, like when they first started there, there were like separate rooms, but eventually they like gave up parts of their apartment to make more rooms. And it was like, so it's mm -hmm. like room and the next room over is another person's room. It's, it yeah. was wild. Yeah. Yeah. We stayed in a bed and breakfast in Ireland once where we couldn't figure out where the family went at night <laughs> because we're like, where is their space for them? <laughs> and I think they were literally in the attic. Wow. Because they had moved themselves up into the attic to have more rooms. <sighs> 
But then it was cool because I was like 10, 11 years old, maybe. And their kids would hang out with us and play games. That's awesome. Because the living room was the living yeah, room. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was great for me. I loved it. Love that. That's awesome. This one is what? Three floors mm-hmm. and fairly large. It's bigger than it looks. Mm-hmm. If you see pictures at the back of this building, there is a lot of extra stuff and a whole covered driveway area off to one side that you can't see in this movie. Mm. I don't know that I ever put it together that it was three floors. Yeah. Because he goes... In this minute, when he comes down to Chubby Man, or Man in Hallway, he's coming down the stairs from the attic. Hey, big reveal. Remember how I said this was a childhood movie? I've watched this many, many times. It's a comfort movie. Yeah. This is the first time I'm realizing that. I have always, always thought he is walking out of his room. I don't know why. No, because he's coming He's coming down a little staircase. I don't know why, but that makes yeah. just, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. It's those things that you d- you didn't realize you had assumed that when it's revealed, you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes a little more sense. But yeah, man. Okay. Don't worry. I've seen this movie like 450-ish times and I still notice new things. Yeah. It's the sign of a great movie. Just the last minute, I noticed that we saw the other gazebo hmm. in the square. And I'm like, I didn't realize that was in the movie hmm. because there's a, yeah. a quarter of the square that they never show. Right. I assume it's where they parked all their trucks. Right, right. Yeah. And in that one shot, when he sticks his hand in his mouth, the gazebo's behind him. And I'm like, oh my God, I never noticed. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I love when movies do that. Ugh, so good. Yeah, he goes up and he goes to the bathroom, throws some water in his face, comes back, looks out the window. We're looking north up Madison Street in Woodstock. And I'll talk about what's out there on day two, just in case it's different. <laughs> For now, it's not that important. There's people. Right. Out there. That's all that matters. Right. Then we get an interesting reverse from outside the window. Mm-hmm. And Phil does not look impressed by this town at all he doesn't look impressed and then the djs start making like hog noises yeah which is hilarious because the groundhog isn't a hog it just has the word hog in it so it's like Uh but who knows what sound a groundhog makes well we we maybe we will soon in this movie but i don't think we hear any actual groundhog sounds in this movie that's true but maybe i'll insert something there you go right yeah that's what they sound and that and they and (laughs) decide now I have to guess that it doesn't sound like actual farm pigs. No. They do it enough that I swear I've never noticed this before. He looks down and I have to imagine that the radio, he's like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> he's like, are they broadcasting from a farm right. right now? Is that it? Oh, I mean, I know he's super judgy about weather stuff, as we'll see in one of my favorite scenes yeah. in the entire movie. He would also be pretty judgy about broadcasting. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man. Judgy film. But what I love, though, is, and I'll talk more when we get to day two, is that he's not paying attention, but he is getting everything they say. Yeah. Because on day two, he recognizes it immediately. Yeah. It's, I think it's the rhythm. Like, I think it's, mm-hmm. you don't even have to hear the words. It's just, even again, like the back and forth, it's like a, it's like a song. Yeah. And, but yeah, his ears are tuned to that kind of thing. Yeah. I did only learn doing my notes for this minute why they use suey to refer to pigs. Hmm. I never even knew. Apparently, it comes from Latin. The wild boar comes from the, the Linnean classification system is suidae. So it just, over time, lost the D. Yeah. Suey. Yeah, they start making noise over each other, and we get out of that. <laughs> <laughs> and we go out into the so, hallway. So annoying, but so good. Yeah. We'll hear all that dialogue from the DJs many times. Yeah, for sure. In this movie. For sure. But we go into the hallway and we meet in the credits. He's listed as man in hallway in the script. He's called Chubby Man. Mm-hmm. And he is played by Ken Hudson Campbell, 
who made his film debut as Santa in Home Alone. But I always think of him as Animal from Herman's Head. Oh, my God. Plus, I used to see him almost every day because his kid went to my kid's school Well, for like a few years. Oh, my God. <laughs> Long before I did the blog or did this. And I'm like, oh, I wish he was. I knew where he lived around here now. Oh, wow. But kids are older, so yeah. they're not at those schools. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but it puts me in the mind of, of like Margaret Dumont from like the Marx Brothers movies where it's like, I guess it's here's a target. Yep. Like here, this person's going to say some stuff that is literally them lobbing pitches at the funny person. Yeah. And it's and I also my dad and stepmom were the Marx Brothers people for me. And so probably I linked them in my mind. But like it's such a it's an innocent conversation. You know, hey, how are you doing? You know, small talk, small talk. Which is different from what the kind of conversation we're going to have in a couple minutes with Needle Nose Ned Ned the Head. But he's so annoyed and it's so funny. Like he doesn't want to talk to anyone. Again, in each of these minutes this week, I don't want to talk to you, but I feel like I have to talk to you, but I don't want to. Yeah. Yep. Which as you were just saying that, I was thinking, well, yeah, it's playing that comedic beat off the guy because it's Harold Ramis and Bill Murray who did like improv. But this is mostly straight out of the original script. Love it. Original script was morning, morning. Think it would be an early spring? No telling. And Phil just basically didn't answer him. Mm. But here, I mean, of course, it's the first day, so he has to be polite. Right. And so well, he says, you have to see the groundhog. Yes, I am. Do you think it's going to be an early spring? I'm predicting March 21st. Good guess. I think that actually is the first day of spring. Phil's already leaving when he says that. To write that bit of dialogue, I'm thinking March 21st. (laughs) Haha, good guess. I think that actually is the first day of spring. (laughs) I would sell my soul to Nathan from Ex Machina, the devil, (laughs) to be able to to come up with that. It's such a, it's so funny because it's so specific. And then the guy actually is like, wait a minute, that is. And then it, it tears down the whole Groundhog Day thing. And of course, the weatherman would be like, uh, no, it's the uh, equinox. Yeah, like it's not this groundhog. What am I even doing here? Uh, but he, again, yeah, you're right. He's so polite-ish. He's that like smartass. Is that an? Yeah. Okay. He's that like yes. low-key smartass where it's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, was he? Did he just like it, it comes off as polite until the guy's gone and you register what yep. he said? And yeah, it's so it, you know. And of course, that will change, which is consistent for Phil at the news station at the beginning. He's rude to everyone, but in slightly different ways. And you could imagine that none of them notice yeah. that he's rude to them, just that he's rude to everyone yeah, else. Exactly. Because oh my god! Because like Nathan, he's social engineering. He's reading everyone mm-hmm. and telling them exactly what they want to hear. So when it's not pointed at them, they see, oh my god, why is he treating them so bad? When it's pointed at them, smile, good banter. Yep. You think witty rapport, but it's actually him just <laughs> roasting you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but by the time you notice, he's walked, he's walked away. away. He's fine. Oh my gosh. Can I ask you a really quick big, big picture question? Sure. Why these three movies? Well, Ex Machina and Eternal Sunshine, it was sort of luck. They're the same length. I wanted to do a sort of crossover movie thing. I know I at some point wanted to do Groundhog Day, even though it has been done. And so I was putting it off, putting it off until it's been a while since they did it. Um, I think it was actually harder, I I said a few weeks ago, to not find a fourth movie. Okay, yeah. Because I was thinking of doing five. Right, one day. You know, because people do like five episodes a week and- that's, I'm glad I didn't because that's crazy. Five seasons at a time is rough, though. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. As it is, I'm doing three movies by minutes shows. And then I'm also doing a and d show that by the time this episode is up might be out there. Nice. And I could edit all those myself. Right. So I'm glad I didn't do five. Right. I'm glad but too. It's, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. this would it's it's, a it's it's why i call it the existential thing though is because we were talking last time about how nathan is programming caleb with each interaction mm-hmm. this one is like literally about a guy having to repeat his day in order to realize that he could be a better person than he is yeah and eternal sunshine is sort of like the reverse of that is you've erased something now who are you right and they're also there's a little bit of a sort of romantic relationship in each one and they all kind of overlap in my head I have a tendency to overlap movies anyway. Yeah, I'll see an actor and immediately be like, if they don't say his name, he's his character from that last movie I saw. Love that. Love that. And sometimes they don't say a name. I'm like, okay, he he stayed that guy. <laughs> That's very good. And then you get these like Chicago movies like Groundhog Day where they had the same actors in a whole bunch of movies. And it's like, okay. Absolutely. What's Buster doing on that golf course? <laughs> exactly. Or what's his character from Caddyshack doing here? Right. I guess- that came first. You know, if you wake up every day and it's the same day, who's to say you wouldn't wake up every day and it's an entirely different universe where, you know, you're a caddy or you're uh, the groundskeeper or whatever, yeah. you know? Well, maybe Buster is just the made up name he has. I mean, I don't have the list in front of me, but that inner circle in Punxsutawney yeah. have the weirdest titles for their different roles and what they are. <laughs> and so you might as well make up a name too. He might be the same guy. Yeah. Just now he's Buster, who's in charge of the Punxsutawney Crown Oak Festival. It does sound like a fake name. Buster, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's in Whitpro. Something happened. Love that. <laughs> That's very good. Well, they did have all those explosions on their golf course. I so. mean, you know, disappear. Get me out of here. Yeah, he had to, he had to be hidden. Send me to Pennsylvania where no one's going to look. We won't really uh, meet Mrs. Lancaster yet, but we do get to see her Yep, because Phil goes down at the dining room. We get uh, three, well, four tables of extras once we get a reverse shot. Mm -hmm. A waitress who is not, as far as I could tell, in the credits, which another thing I never noticed until now. I hate when I know that it's not an imperfect system, but I want to know. She's not even an uncredited role. It's not like it's maybe she didn't even continue with acting. I don't know. I I keep finding these things in these podcasts I do where I'm like, there's a close up on that guy's face and we don't have a credit for him. Mm -hmm. His face was the whole screen. Yeah. No credit. (laughs) A, A bunch of these extras, I did find out their names and I have. A series of photos, like screen caps I did where I labeled everybody, yeah. but I don't think I ever found a name for her and I never noticed. The holy grail of, of this podcast. What's fun is this is a set. Mm-hmm. It was built in a warehouse in Cary, Illinois, but the rooms down here, even the staircase are almost like the real thing. Love, love it. Where you have the display with the books and the toaster and all that, there's actually a giant window there mm. out the side of the house. But otherwise, this is the same shape of the regular room. About the same size. It's really close. Really, really close. I was surprised by that. For a second, even the view out the front windows yeah. has the tree blocking the view, <laughs> has the pillar. That's awesome. I'm like, that's really good. For a second, I thought this isn't a set. Right. And then I found photos of the house because you know you could find real estate listings. Sure. <laughs> and it's been sold a few times over the years because people keep making bed and breakfast out of it. And I guess those are hard to succeed with. This one's doing pretty well. Good, good, good. You know, you have one room that time loops. It's like you want to probably get out of that pretty quickly. I'm going to that room. (laughs) I want to get on the waiting list for that one. (laughs) The waiting list is both very long and very short. Yeah. And then my last note for this, actually, I didn't even put it in my notes, but we see the unselfishness poster on the wall as well. Actually, it's more of a tapestry Mm. behind one of the tables. Mm -hmm. That's one of those things that when I noticed it and I was writing my blog and I'd already watched the movie, I don't know, 100, 200 times. I forget how far in it was. And I noticed it in the scene where he's electrocuting himself upstairs. Uh (laughs) I'm like, there's an unselfishness poster. (laughs) That is way too Buddhist, Mr. (laughs) Ramos. 
but I'm in. Yeah. Because that's why I love this movie. So, uh, and all three of these are like three of my favorite movies. It, yeah. This movie is, I wonder if podcasting, like the minute movies, like this kind of in-depth analysis scratches an itch that this movie also scratched when I was younger. Mm. Cause it's like, pay attention to the small things. Cause you're going to need to know them later. Yeah. Make a headcanon for this scene that you're in. Cause you're going to revisit it later. Yep. Huh. Then make lots of cash robbing banks, just like podcasting. Right. Yeah. Money. Watch the movie over and over. Mm-hmm. Do a podcast profit. <laughs> exactly. Phase one, collect underpants. So what's phase two? Except that standard model. That's unrealistic. <laughs> These are the worst kind of podcasts to do if you want to profit. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. Okay, sit down. It's like right when you get an audience, oh, that show's over. Yeah, yeah. It only had 90 episodes. We're done. For sure. Yeah. Ugh. Or you end with seven minutes of credits and just bore everyone. We decided to do a live stream for credits with Newsies Minute and we've, we've stuck with that where it's like, nice. we can't. <laughs> I would make it work because I'm a slave to the rules I set for myself. But Aaron's like, that is impossible for me. I'm not doing it. I'm like, okay, let's innovate something that makes us both yeah. feel good. And yeah. By the time I was at the end of Annihilation, mm-hmm. I was doing excerpts from all three of the books. Oh, nice. And so the credits was a lot of that. Yeah. For sure. And some mythology and some philosophy, just revisiting all these different themes that I'd had throughout the show. Love that. But I almost just did a single credits episode. Yeah. And I'm like, no, yeah. I did it this long, one episode a week. I'm sticking with it. I admire your perseverance. And very good. And then now I try not to be that obsessive because editing that <laughs> editing that show was a nightmare too, because everything was <laughs> right. very precise. Right. For sure. Like paragraphs, they're a second apart. Sentences, half a second. It was, it was that specific. Oh my it's gosh. Crazy. Any other notes on the movie? I love this movie so much. I, this was a, a tough one to only watch a minute of. <laughs> like, I was like, no. You're allowed to watch the whole film. I mean, I know. But again, the slave to the rules I've made for myself, I wasn't going to watch anything more than this. Because what if I got more context than I was allowed to have? Oh, I don't care. I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And Aaron doesn't care either. And she's like, James, you're making your life harder. Some hosts would be like, yeah, don't talk about that. That's later. Spoilers. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's harder. That's what makes it fun. She's like, you're weird. And I'm like, that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, basically, I just want, I want to see when you said Mrs. Lanningham is her name? Lancaster. Lancaster, like Pennsylvania. I love her. I love Ned Ryerson. I just love this. I, I mean, I will probably watch this movie like in the next day or two because this is, this is a big one. Well, yeah, Groundhog Day is next week as we're recording this. So I will be watching it that day. Well, I mean, <laughs> I have to. I have to watch it then. Although I haven't watched the entire film since last Groundhog Day. Well, there you go. Because the vlog ended. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's all I had for for this this specific minute. I love this movie so much. Most of life is just junk, right? It's, it's filler. And then there's these moments when all the randomness turns into something perfect. It's like life's dropping all the bullshit just for a second to show us how amazing it could be all the time if it wanted to. Hmm. I don't know. I think maybe we're supposed to become like better people. No, I honestly don't even know how that could be possible. Ever think about it? We must miss so many of them. All those tiny perfect things are just poof. 
poof, gone, lost forever. But not today. That is a disturbingly inspirational idea, Mark. It's a perfect day. You couldn't plan a day like this. Well, you can. It just takes an awful lot of work. Time. Time. The last revision is what counts, apparently. Time. What if we found Time. them all? All the perfect things in this one town, in this one day, we could collect them. Yeah. So then we have our segment time loop of the week. Yeah. Which before we get into looper, because I assume you have some detail on that. I did want to mention one I was going to bring up last week and then ended up not because it was the most recent one I'd watched. Okay. It was an episode of Gravity Falls, which I guess is now nine years ago now, hmm. but I am only just seeing it for the first time. And it's episode nine, The Time Traveler's Pig. In which at a carnival, Dipper gets to repeat over and over the loop as he's trying to win uh, Wendy's heart, basically. Mm. It's kind of a time travel thing. He can control it because he has an actual handheld device. Right. And he can keep going back when things go badly. But then when he tries to correct for stuff, time corrects it back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everything just keeps going the same over and over and over. Oh, man. And finally, he just gives up. I... Have you ever read 112263? I have not read it. I watched the miniseries. Well, let me recommend a much better way to take in that plot. Aaron and I did not care for the TV version. <laughs> There's some stuff about like, that. I think it's in the TV show too. The more you want to change, the bigger the thing, the hook yeah. is against you. And it's funny to hear that in a Gravity Falls synopsis because it's the well, same. Yeah, it's like one was there at a carnival. He's throwing a ball to knock down bottles. Right. And the ball bounces back and hits Wendy in the eye, which is the opposite of what he wants. He's trying to, he likes her. Right. And it, he hits her in the eye with a ball. So the next time he throws it differently, but it just bounces off of something else and comes back and hits her anyway. <laughs> Eventually it comes up with this really convoluted system where he has to go up on the roof and bounce it off this other thing. And it does, does all these different things. <laughs> and then he accidentally makes it so that his sister doesn't win the pig that she loved. Oh, no. And so he just goes back and lets her get the pig. And Wendy goes off with Robbie. Oh, for now. Well, for now. I've watched some Gravity Falls and enjoyed it very much. My kids were sort of over it, mm. so I didn't pursue it like I would have otherwise. Yeah. But I'm trying to find... Anyways, yeah, but Looper. Looper. I hadn't seen it oh. until recently. Okay. When you sent out your email with the information about this segment, I had just seen it probably the previous week or maybe two weeks before. Okay. I had seen all the other Ryan Johnson movies, I think. And so... This movie, which seems most built for me because I love time travel and stuff, I, I say for last. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. I have a couple very big complaints about it, but I still like it a lot. My biggest complaint is young Bruce Willis face, mm. like the face they put on him. Yeah. And it didn't bug me because it's like it's makeup and whatever. And I understand what they're doing with it. Right. What bugged me was that it pointed out a bunch of it made me feel like Bruce Willis has a weird face. I know everyone's face is weird <laughs> or whatever, but like when you're like, and this is going to age into this, I'm like, really? Because that looks really weird. And that looks like Bruce Willis. And I can't really tell. <laughs> I mean, I really was pleased to see Emily Blunt was in it. Yeah. I did not know that because, you know, she didn't get any, as far as I'm aware, didn't get any sort of, she's in this movie on any posters or promos. I don't think she was big enough yet when that came out. Oh, fair enough. Oh, but fair enough. I did, I did read that she took the job when she hadn't even finished reading the script. So she didn't even know how important she was. <laughs> and I, I love, love that. that. But this is post Devil Wars Prada, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. My, my big complaints. One is a trope of futuristic science fiction is I think it, 
I don't want to say it would have been better, but I think it could have been done without any of the telekinesis. Oh, sure. For sure. And the other one is just weird to me. There is no reason that the present in the film needs to be 2044. (laughs) And they spent so much on the production design for that. I'm like, it could have been the present. I think they were just trying to distance themselves from like Terminator. Oh, sure. Because so many of the beats are like twists of the parts of Terminator. You know, the kid they're trying to kill instead of save. The guy from the future is the bad guy instead of the guy trying to save her. And it's elements of Terminator echoed, but not quite. And so maybe it was just a distance from that. But I'm like, you didn't need to do this. I hadn't thought about that. And you're completely right. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes Aaron's like, that didn't bother you. And I'm like, I didn't notice it. I just sort of bought into the. Well, that's the thing thing is if those two things I complain about, if you buy those two things, the structure is perfect. Yeah. Even the telekinesis is built up ahead of time. They don't know how the Rainmaker took over by himself. Right. And it's because he's got that. Yeah. It's set up. Yeah, for sure. But it's like you could have found another way to do it, but they didn't want it. Right. Exactly. What bugged me a little bit, a little bit, and it's not, I swear to God, it's not just because Bruce Willis is in both things, but it reminded me very much of 12 Monkeys Yeah. in a way that I'm like, is this going to make me feel at the end like I felt about 12 Monkeys, which was, that was fun, but now I feel sort of like hurt inside, sort of like sad, but I'm not really sure why. (laughs) You know, like after you watch a tragedy, like how I felt after I first watched Romeo and Juliet, where I was like, wait, so they die? Yeah. And I was like nine years old. Parents were showing me something way too, perhaps too young. (laughs) Yeah, it was a weird, like, kind of like a tasteful, artful, but also kind of gritty sci-fi feel to it in both the movies. I thought the concept was cool. I thought I love someone talking to them. They did a, a very cool and they had to, they had to figure this out. What is it like if you're talking to yourself and yourself is in the future? Yeah. Like you would remember talking to yourself and how would that work? And they did that great. That was, that was a very, right. very well done. It's that kind of time travel shenanigans. Like it doesn't really make sense, right. but as long as they say it outright and in this one, they say it, I don't remember it until you do it. Right. And I'm like, okay, you've covered for yourself. You've Absolutely. Got this. You yep. know what you're doing. People think that time writing time, then listen, I'm not, I'm no person that's ever wrote a time travel thing before <laughs> in my life, but allow me to act like I am. People think that writing time travel is really tough because it's so complicated. And it is, unless you just say, but in this world, it's this. Right. And then that's it. Just stick to the rule you make. All you have to do is establish how it works and then just stick yeah, with that. Absolutely. And if anyone's like, well, that's not how, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson gets on Twitter. You're like, Neil, my man, this isn't your world. So back off. That's it. And I guess because we'll be talking about Eternal Sunshine tomorrow, I would point out my other complaint with Looper is it doesn't need the voiceover. Mm. Well, but Ryan Johnson's a big noiry guy. Right. And I think that he's probably like, what do you mean? But then you need narration in the middle. There's no narration in the middle of this movie. And that's one of my like pet peeves about movies is like you get two lines of narration at the beginning, two lines at the end. <laughs> it has more than two lines, so it's okay. It has several paragraphs at the beginning. but That's hilarious. Oh my God, you're so right. Oh no, I'm now, I'm worried that now I'm going to- Now you'll like, notice, sorry. Flash shattering. <laughs> I'm ruining that for everybody. So many <laughs> movies are like that too. That It's like someone at the studio was just like, but will they understand what's happening? Like, they'll figure it out now, you know? And they're like, no, I don't think they will. Put a voiceover. I, I will say on more than one occasion in the movies that we've covered on our show, I have said this movie needs a voiceover. So well, Groundhog it, Day had one in the original draft. Oh, I, and it was yeah. too much. It was way too much. Yeah. Well, she's all that needs it because there's like <laughs> a, an A plot and there should be a B plot, but there's not really. So if you had a voiceover, 
you could do a whole bunch more with something like internal thoughts and stuff, mm-hmm. which would be really good. I think Crossroads was like that too, where it was like, if we could know what she's thinking right now, it'd be super good because her face is doing things, good things. Everyone's face is doing good things, but I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> and I'd love, I'd love, I'd love a voiceover on that. And it can add a, yeah, it can add an extra dimension because you're getting maybe one character's impression of what they think that person's thinking. Or you go the opposite extreme, you get like David Lynch's Dune where everyone just, you just hear their thoughts. Yeah. Well, oh my God, <laughs> that, that stresses me out. That stresses me out just to think about. That's so a little too much, but you get instruction on what observations. It's a little bit of, la- it's sort of a laugh track ish sort of thing, which is, I'm saying that in a good way in this instance. Yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't notice that, that they're doing, but because the voiceover commented on it, now I noticed that. So right. my eye is drawn to the thing. So maybe it's a little bit of a crutch, but some movies I feel like could do with a voiceover. And now I don't think it's de rigueur. I just learned this week that studies have shown that people laugh more at a show that has a laugh track. Oh, for sure. For sure. And they actually will enjoy it more, even though they complain about the laugh track. Right. I'm fine with shows that don't have laugh track. I'm fine with shows that do, except for Sports Night, which had a laugh track and did not need one. It didn't need it, no. And then they faded it out. And it's like, oh my gosh, guys, no, 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 no. You can't have one foot in each river. Like, just (laughs) commit to the laugh track. It's surreal, but at least... Anyways. Consistency is better than most of the other parts. Right. Or comment. I'm a big fan of lampshading, too, though. Mm, So if you comment on the laugh track being gone in some way, that would also be fine. Well, yeah, that's why film noir needs a narrator and comedies Mm -hmm. needed a narrator often. Absolutely. Because you need that extra level. Groundhog Day didn't need one. Fair enough. Right. Danny Rubin realized that immediately once he started working with Harold Ramis. Because Phil talks to himself Mm -hmm. so much. And so he doesn't, it's, you know, Home Alone doesn't need a narrator either because Kevin talks to himself all the time. Right. Although some of that's a little awkward when he's talking about oh, sure. what he did that morning. I took a shower washing every body part with actual soap, including all my major crevices, including in between my toes and in my belly button, which I never did before but sort of enjoyed. I washed my hair with the Don't Formula shampoo and used cream rinse for that just wash shine. I can't seem to find my toothbrush, so I'll pick one up when I go out today. Other than that, I'm in good shape. Sure. It's like, why is he talking to him? Why is he telling himself this? He knows all of this. Yeah. It's like, well, the the little known fact that Home Alone is a memento prequel. And I don't know if anyone knew that, but (laughs) he was reminding himself of what. (laughs) Anyway, I thought it was a Saw prequel. It's both. Actually, that's (laughs) fun. It's the it's the Saw Home Alone memento universe. Oh, memento is what happened in between. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. A new lease on life. Exactly. He started tattooing other people. Perfect. Anything else? Yeah. On I know that Groundhog Day Looper. That's it. Uh, yeah. My goal with the time loop of the week segment is let me double check. Where's my list? Where's my list? My time loops list on IMDb currently has 186 titles. Oh wow. Nice. That includes movies, specific episodes of TV shows, and that doesn't count books. I would like to talk about all of them, at least a little, and I don't have 186 episodes. Yeah, which is why I well, had yeah. to mention Gravity Falls just in passing, just to get it out there. There's a whole genre of Run Lola Run content that, mm-hmm. like, there's the movie and then all the shows that are the movie. Yep. Which I I do like when that happens, but it's fun. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And they and they can be such different genres. You like uh, what is that one called? I'll bring it up another time. But there's really weird. I think it's Swedish. It's called like. Kikida Kikaru or something like that. Hmm. And it is bizarre as fuck. <laughs> hmm. It's like these two people go out in the woods 
and they're going to be camping and then someone just shows up and murders them. Well, and then they're back in the car and it's fine. And it's just the time loop is these weirdos in the woods keep killing them. Ooh, there's a really good episode of Travelers that's like that. Do you know Travelers? I watched season one of Travelers. I did too. I watched season one, then four years went by, and then I watched the rest and I was very happy. Mm-hmm. There's a, it's like season two or three, there's a definite, this happened, we failed, start over. This happened, we got a little farther, start over. I, I, I don't know which one it is, but yeah, that, that should go on your list too, for, nice. for sure. It's a very good one. Yeah, I'll have to find a specific <laughs> episode and add it. In the meantime... I feel like I just asked you this question, but where can the listeners find more of you? You can find me on Twitter at Unabashed James, and you can find the movie minute podcast I do with my best friend Aaron at uh, JE underscore minute movies. And then I also do a Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, podcast, which is a little bit more finely diced. It's, it's called Timeline Scavengers. We basically take all of the scenes of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and whatever TV shows have been decanonized, but we still want to cover them. And we mash them all together and put them in timeline order. Like if it's a flashback <laughs> to 20 years ago, it happened 20 years ago and then a whole bunch of stuff happens and then the person remembers it. Right. So we start at the beginning of time. We're in 1931. We have been for four months because of those two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And the really cool thing that I really am liking, but we have to figure out how to promote it, is when a new movie comes out, like Eternals came out. So there was a whole bunch of stuff that takes place in the past. Thousands of years ago, yeah. Yeah. So we put it in the timeline where it goes. So we backdate the episode. So the timeline appears to be unbroken. So there's not like a whole bunch of new (laughs) Eternals episodes. They're back in the past, which I really like and it's fun. But again, it's hard. No one gets notification about that. So I've started to like on Saturdays, like this is what we released this week because we're going to start releasing Eternals episodes this this week, I think. So so it's it's a lot of fun. You can find that at Timeline Scav. It's intense, though. Like we, we basically are like, we're going to die doing this show. And we're both OK with that. Yeah. But those are the main places you can find me talking about stuff like this. So thank you for listening. The Groundhog Day Project Minute by Minute is just one part of an existential trilogy of podcasts. Tune in every Tuesday for Minutia X Machina, every Wednesday for more Groundhog Day, and every Thursday for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minute. Follow this show on Twitter at Groundhog Day MXM and on Instagram and Facebook at Groundhog Day Project. This has been a production of Lemming Drop Studio. You can find links to this and more at lemmingdrops.com or join the Facebook group Lemming Drops Studio Tour. Also, you can support all my shows at patreon.com slash lemmingdrops. Until next time. I think I have traveled through time. What is wrong in the end which never comes? Or which comes again and again, lap, lap, lapping, like waves. Since the Big Bang set everything in motion, everything that happens in this universe has to be the way it is. Are you hungry? I haven't eaten since later this afternoon. Particles unfolding the way they're destined to. How do you sleep at night? You've never seen Groundhog Day? Hmm. Yeah, you know Groundhog Day is not a documentary. Small towns, tiny minds, big mouths, small ideas. Shallow talk, deep snow, cold fronts, big rears. One bar, one store, one clock. 
One diner, one bank, one cop. The question on everyone's list. Do you think Bill will see his shadow? I mean, what's not to like in a quaint little place like this? Who doesn't dig a crocheted pillowcase like this? Watercolors of bucolic vistas painted by octogenarian spinsters and all the people just getting together for relentless analysis of the weather, their dumb superstitions and vacuous chat. I'm sure there was a pack of Xanax in this jacket. You couldn't pay me to stay here one more night. Swear that there is no check you could write that might tempt me to stay and wake up in the morning in. There's nothing more depressing than small town USA. And small don't come much smaller than Punxsutawney on Groundhog Day. Looking really good today, buddy. Looking real good.